0: Welcome to Geek Out Weekly, the podcast where we geek out not so strongly on a roughly seven-day basis. I'm your host Adil and as almost always I'm joined this week by Ben. Hello. Uh, And this week we are talking Jupiter's Legacy, Mm. a Netflix superhero drama of some proportions.
1: (laughs) I mean it's a good way to, to Sort of intro it, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, thanks. I think that was a compliment. I can't tell.
1: <laughs> no, it definitely was. Definitely was. This yeah. this is it's it's a bit of an odd show, right? I'm gonna jump straight into uh, initial impressions, right? It's a bit of an odd show. Um, I don't know. There's there's lots to kind of unpack with it because it feels like I mean it's a superhero show, but it's more like a drama than a uh, than an action show uh, and whilst there are actiony bits in it and there are you know powers and lots of kind of effects going on and things this very much more feels uh, uh, like a drama set around this superpowered family and not hugely into the world that they kind of inhabit it is very much to do with them they are the main focus for this um it, it's 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 a show that i'm and a, a franchise that i'm very unfamiliar with i only know that it was a comic um written by uh, mark miller mm-hmm. um and that's that's kind of it that's all i know going into this um show and i, I think i jumped in having enjoyed mark miller's previous kind of uh, uh comic to film adaptations like kickass um mm. and stuff so i kind of went in into this with high hopes I suppose. Um, How about yourself?
0: Uh, I've read some things by Mark Miller. Um, I Mm -hmm. haven't read this. Um, Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on on this. Uh Um, But you're right. Ultimately, it's a drama, and it's... uh, The world at large is window dressing for the struggle of the powered people and most of the powered people are window dressing for the struggle of the core family (laughs) and most Uh, of the core family are window dressing for the struggle of sheldon aka utopian even even the other like two, uh even his his son who's sort of a semi-focused secondary protagonist is basically just struggling with being in his shadow Mm um boy are the female characters i i've just essentially foils for men and their struggles or less um yeah it's 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 the utopian show essentially um yeah and that took a little while because it's presented as an ensemble Mm -hmm. uh but not really uh and all yeah and so so one of the things that what's what i like about it is it does this parallel time stream um the nineteen thirties and the and the leading up to how this group of people got their superpowers. Yep. Um and then present day and the struggles of the family and people with society at large in general. Um I thought that was really cool. Um mm-hmm. and I agree. It made for pretty good, like not just straightforward, oh, they had a struggle in the past here, so we'll mirror it. Like much more textual, uh, less less textual and subtextual connections between the flashbacks and and the modern time, which I appreciated. It wasn't just like we fought this guy and now we're fighting this guy. In fact, the main big bad whose name I already forgot, the guy who was cloned. Black Star. Ah, Blackstar.
1: Blackstar?
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh Blackstar we don't we never see in the past. We he's very he's on a first name basis with the superheroes. He clearly is a longtime villain but we don't see him. And like, it would be very easy for them to like do like for the, the parallels to be like, and then they fought the guy and now they're still fighting the guy. Like that's a very easy way to do the parallels across two Mm -hmm. timelines. And they, they rarely have, like I said, the same people or sim like the textual struggle being the same, but the subtextual struggle is the same. And like, I think it's just really well written that way. And that's what kept me sort of enjoying the series was that, under the hood stuff um yeah yeah uh, and then my biggest problem is some of it i can't tell is me reading into the show versus the show knowing what it's doing i don't know if that makes
1: sense uh explain a little um, bit more perhaps
0: yeah i'm trying to not go like into another like hey here's the, my 12 <laughs> minutes on <laughs> jupiter's legacy uh i just mean so there's certain all right i'm just gonna do it so do l- it. let's Let's take a step back. So the idea is, in the '30s, this dude, his this really rich white dude's dad made a steel company, and the stock market crashes. His dad kills himself, and then he starts getting visions of the, that lead him to a magic island where people get super, where he gets superpowers. He gathers his, some of his friends and the reporter who like broke the story, and his dad being a bad guy, and some random other people, um, and he gets them to the island, and they overcome challenges that previous people in previous eras of the world didn't and they get superpowers. That's the 1930s plot line and it stretches over all eight episodes. I think the dynamics between the people we'll get into when we talk about characters. So I think that's Mm -hmm. the main arc that way. And then in the modern time, it's basically this notion of, yeah, so what comes out of that is this idea that one of the reasons why they succeeded was they stayed on their same page and they avoided killing and that was a, a necessary like puzzle piece to get through the challenges of the island.
1: You okay? Mm, it's a helicopter very, very close to my house. <laughs> mm. It's very loud oh, for me, well, Maybe not for you.
0: Yeah, I can't hear it. So, Good. um, But yeah, so the central piece of the show is this idea that they need, superhero people need to live by the code, which is mm. stay out of politics, don't kill people, essentially. Yep. Um, in fact, it's described as exactly that by the utopian which is the patriarch of the the main family and the the head of the union is what they call themselves the justice yes, league the in this, union, yeah. yeah yeah in this show is the union um and it seems like people in the modern era are struggling and like so the big fight is the black star comes and is beating the hell out of everyone and then the utopian son paragon or brandon uh is having who is just lived his entire life in his dad's shadow, and ends up saving his dad's life by killing Blackstar. Mm. Um, and that's the that's the main, like, inciting incident of the modern arc and, like, the repercussions of killing and breaking the code and then people questioning whether the code is right, etc. That's the thing. All right. Why I had to say all that is basically because it really feels... Like this show, what I can't tell is like so much of the show is like, oh, it's much tougher now. Things aren't black and white. Oh, b- back in the day, we could trust supervillains not to hunt us down and kill us. It, it just seems like a, a boomer's wet dream of the, of the past rather than what the past actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do call out Sheldon on being kind of blind to that. Yes. So there's... But the others kind of say it too, like his brother, the psychic and his wife, the ex-reporter, now turned wife and homemaker, um, and superhero, um, they all say, yeah, it it was simpler times back then. And this is what I mean about the tension between am I reading too much into this in, like, the critique of that mentality, or is it actually living in that mentality, but they think they're calling it out in one character, but also... Some of it seems to indicate that, like, actually, it is about things are tough now today and they weren't mm. before because enough mm-hmm. people say that. But actually, the the message that rung true to me in, like, the therapy sessions that um, Sheldon, Utopian, um, goes through seem to indicate, yeah, you just don't realize it's always been bad. But it's just the rest of the cast, like, other scenes are, don't support that reading. Mm-hmm. But that's the reading that makes the most sense to me. Otherwise, it just becomes, like I said, this fetishization of the 50s of being the best time of America, and now, now things are great and shitty. And, like, too much of the show seems to lean into that outside of Sheldon's struggle with trying to be the paragon of, of good. Um, so it's really strange to me because I, I liked that, specifically making that point, because I was getting icky feels from the show... About, like you said, like, in the greater societal context, this, like, fetishization of things were just easier back in the day when people of color stayed in their place, women stayed in their place, and white dudes got away with things. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, like, that's the general thing going on in society, and this very much f- felt like he was just blind to his heyday was good for him and maybe not for other people. Mm-hmm. But then Absolutely. the next episode, they have a whole bunch of people, people are like, yeah, maybe the code sucks now. It definitely worked in the past. It says three characters from his same generation, and you're like, I don't think you're saying the thing positive, talk thing about toxic, like nostalgia and toxic attitudes not working. I think you're saying the world is gray today, but it's always been gray, and so that that's where I I struggle with how much I want to laud it versus worry that I'm giving it more credit than it's due.
1: Sure, I uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it does live in that kind of unexplained kind of middle ground. Yes, they are trying to uh, give you kind of this positive affirmation that that maybe things have always been great, but without really kind of delving into it and making the characters kind of seem blind to that it was, at least they thought it was better then. And there's lots to unpack within that kind of point as well, in people's changing viewpoints. uh, um, You know, even the idea that we have this cast of characters in the 30s who go through and get their kind of powers. You know, they, they haven't got anything to lose. They're kind of rich kids. They can kind of, you know, they can charter a boat and kind of go off. Suddenly, they've now got all of this... Uh, weight on them of having the powers and having had them for so long, and then the family dynamic coming into that as well, and having all of these other people that they have to uh, um kind of live with, but uh, um share that space with as well. And so there's there's the, you know change in perspective for these characters, which may be explained a little bit more in season two. Uh, you know, not to sort of jump too far ahead, but. Um, we kind of see um, his uh, Sheldon's brother Walter, um, uh, essentially be the kind of the villain in the background, right? We- uh, unleashed kind of in the last episode, but you sort of think that it's uh, George, uh, who is their friend who got powers with them in the thirties, um, and it kind of leads you sort of down that path, but nothing in terms of their motivations, you know, whether it was uh, George, and and it it is Walter, you don't get really their motivations, except for kind of some lines towards the end of Walter sort of saying, um, shit, what did he say? I can't remember, he gives this sort of like little speech at the end, which sort of gives you an understanding about what he's thinking, but there's nothing... Backing that up, really. So yeah. I think it's I, I think it's definitely there. What you're saying is definitely there. That they're trying to not say and fetishise the past, but use it in a way which might push their motivations a little bit. It just isn't explored enough. And I think a part of that problem and why it isn't explored enough is because half of the show is this flashback to the 30s of them getting their powers, which in my opinion, it was actually the more interesting part yeah. of the show. Well, but it took up a lot of space.
0: Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. It's like they were using the... So I think that maybe you hit the nail on the head there where it was more interesting because the only strife was personal and like finding the magic island. Mm. Uh, but that was actually pretty easily done like when you think about the beats, right? Yeah. Um, which is great because it meant that – so like half of each episode is in the 30s, and so all we're doing is getting time with people, understanding where they come from and their motivations um, and their character dynamics. So we know that Walt and George have this uh, push-pull relationship where they're clearly part of each other's circles, and they're important to each other, but they're kind of important to each other because they're both connected to Sheldon. Because yes. Because they don't – their connection is, is – erratic to say the Mm -hmm. least and that's like the big thing that lets them get to i guess europa some moon of jupiter um Mm -hmm. where the powers are gotten um because you see jupiter up up in the sky um and that's cool right like uh that you get that but again it's it's not quite enough Mm. Uh, and they get over it by just staring at each other because Sheldon said we got to work
1: together. <laughs> you, like, you,
0: like two minutes we got to put like, our
1: differences aside. And they're like, "All right, done."
0: Yeah. Um, and there's like, "Oh, you too." Is like, "Oh, I didn't think I'd have to put away my differences." Thanks for telling me. Like, so this is, I guess, the thing is, like, there's a lot of interesting things being dug up, but I feel like everything is done. A little too quickly and a little too yes. shallow which is why then i'm like ah, it, am i am i reading this really cool social commentary about the mindset of someone who is the custodian of the world right now or am i reading a character study that's interesting but with the background of this is a this is a f- fine viewpoint to have mm-hmm. he's just a little too far into it which are two very The rest of the show unfolds differently if you're in the former versus the latter. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so because we don't have that grounding, we don't really have that character development. Even Sheldon is kind of a little two-dimensional. He has almost all the screen time, but most of it is like, I'm a crazy person seeing my dad. My struggle is how do I tell people I'm seeing my dad? Um, Like, I'm having these visions, but I'm not – his character isn't – really progressing that far in the 30s like he didn't really come to terms with the fact that he was misled by his dad and his dad wasn't a good person and that he needed to understand what real justice was which is what i thought it was going to be and it just that was vacant too it's like how is he having all this screen time but no development
1: yes and there's there's this idea about like there's no kind of like trauma that was ever uh, um delved into it. Like there's trauma there you know there is you can see it His dad jumps off of a roof right yeah. in front of him there's there's loads of trauma there and obviously uh, it's explored a little bit between the conversations that they have as well you know and Walter's got some from being the older brother but always in his younger brother's shadow uh, and there's, they do bring this up but again it's very very shallow and we don't see kind of any resolution to it it's almost like you go through this kind of very shallow character development thinking that it's going to evolve a little bit but actually it just runs through that timeline they get the powers and then it's like okay well now we just miss out on the next 80 years and it's the present from you know as it sort of plays through and And again they do some time shifting things in the present as well with a couple of the characters so you see uh his daughter chloe getting hit by a truck like a couple of episodes before her character is at that point in her story yeah. and then it kind of converges back in sort of things. So they're playing around with these kinds of ideas of character development, relationships between them um, and how all of that can kind of come together but as you said, it is it is very shallow and we don't get that resolution to their trauma. Like, is, is it just unresolved for 80 years and now is the point where he is like, hmm, uh maybe maybe i have to question what i've done but i'm not i won't but maybe i should yeah i mean this mm, is sort of no one what yeah
0: what i was getting to with why it feels more like that it's that former um or the latter rather way of thinking of like he's struggling with the code and -hmm. they are too but that's because the world has changed yes but he's just more stuck in the ways but than he the rest are rather than it's always been this way but you've been blind which is like my Mm -hmm. preferred reading because that's more human and it's also a important message because of the greater societal stuff we're going through and have been um for a while but like that's why i say this is because that intervening 80 years if we read through how people are reacting there were supervillains but superheroes never died or were really in trouble of being de- death, dead, like attacked for their lives, because they're so shocked now that the supervillains are trying to kill them in the present day. And it's like, well, that's nonsense, right? Like these are <laughs> supervillains; they're going to at some point. Even an accidental death might have happened. Like it seems so preposterous to me to think that this is just an empty. 80 year period where it, like, but like that, the only way to make sense of why people are suddenly now en masse questioning the code is because something has fundamentally shifted now, otherwise, they would have questioned it all this time. Yeah, and then they also make a point of saying we're afraid for our lives now,
1: and it's like, okay, well, what's being a superhero before this? Like, your text <laughs> like, is telling me it's like the villains were, were comic, uh, were, were like cartoon villains, all they wanted to do was just like rob a bank and that way, you know, not actually hurt anybody. They just wanted bags and bags of money. And no one yep. ever got hurt. They just caught them, they busted through the wall, caught the bad guy, and that was it. End of the day, gave them over to the cops. Yeah. it's you know, when you when you look at sort of like um you know, in those in those fight scenes with Blackstar, how powerful he kind of is as a character, um, he absolutely throws them around. That at no point previously did he think, oh, I'm gonna fuck shit up. Yeah. He was just like, eh, well, you know, my life could be a bit easier if I had a sofa. So I just go and Nick one. Yeah. I'm and Super also villain. like
0: Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. I mean, I could beat the living hell out of you. So I survived and escaped and won't be trapped in Supermax. But I wouldn't want to hurt you for that much. Like I wouldn't <laughs> want to long term. So I guess I'll go to prison. Like it, do, it makes no sense. And I think it's. Kind of compounded by, like, his character is pretty jokey-jokey in a lot of the scenes, too. And it just feels really like, oh, he's not that evil. I don't know. It's mm, just Yes. And, yeah. like, I wonder if the point of the original comic was to contrast, like, Golden Age, Silver Age, like, ideals with the gritty Frank Miller-style, you know, 90s comic, rather than the li- life in the 50s like, mm. in the real world and life now. Um, because, like, one of the things that happened in, like, the late 80s and then throughout the 90s was, like, making the stakes more gritty and gray. And if it's a... If what this comic was supposed to be doing was contrasting those different notions, then that makes sense, right? Because, like, literally in comic books, the world was that black and white. Um, But a 2021 television show... After all the things that have happened, especially in America in the past five years, it's going to be read as the difference that the world has changed because mm-hmm. that's a message that's out there. And so then it becomes tone deaf of not understanding what your work is doing. So, like, I can kind of see what the comic might have been doing. I don't know, I haven't read it, right? Which makes a little sense, but it makes no sense here because, you, again, we get this like hollow notion of this 80 year period where. I mean, I guess the Iraq War still happened and stuff. So this, like...
1: again, with the the idea of the code and them not getting kind of involved in in politics and and things like that, have governments and and they do say about sort of like corpor- you know there's a there's a, a not an anti-capitalist kind of message in this, but they do talk about corporations a little bit and and obviously they come from um, you know established money um originally but it's 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 just odd that yeah it, there's nothing bad happened in this world have you know with with having these superheroes has there been no wars has it just been the supervillains doing some things and them having to stop or has this been going on completely separately to the development of the world and they just allowed everything to kind of continue on um i was just looking for um when the comic was uh, originally Mm. released. Um, 2013. Mm. I have as a date uh, from Wikipedia, Jubes Legacy is an American superhero comic book series, first published in 2013. Yep. So, again, it's it's only eight years ago. Yeah, it's quite recent. It's quite recent, but There's been lots of strides forwards, at least in the real world, over the last five years. Wow, strides. Strides in some direction, anyway. Strides, yeah, well, yes. And lots of things that, you know, we we suddenly live in an age where we know things more readily. Information is available to a lot more people. Um, And this kind of seems like it just ignores all of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah." You know, it's not like you can you send up your utopian signal into the sky to call him because something is kind of going on. There seems like this big disconnect between the real world and the people that live in that, and then the superheroes. There's there's a point where he flies off um, to stop an asteroid coming in because something some somehow there's an asteroid now coming towards him, so he flies off. and it's the part where the where his wife uh, um, starts to question uh, um, kind of everything that's um, that, that's going on. Um, yeah. But, so like
0: one of the young supers who had already sort of questioned or held up the code as the proper thing uh, in to oh, her yes, like young right. generation. Yes. Right. And the, she they had they had confided in her. She's like, well, the code like we need. This was like the wide-eyed optimist like we definitely need the code now and i don't know why my 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 peers are questioning it clearly we should like the world needs us more than ever and then an es- one dude escaped because they they weren't killing him and then he ends up killing her in a fight and um lady liberty um yeah, Lizzie, the, the mum, like comes and Beats the tar out of him, but doesn't kill him, and then she has to say get a coroner for the you know ghost something blade. Yep. So I can't remember. Um, but dude guy has gets to live, and you can see that she's had that struggle. Mm. Uh, and she's covered in his blood, but he's not dead. And this is where I'm like, God, this feels like the Batman movies about I don't kill, but also in all the action sequences, people, including a lot of cops who are just doing their jobs, probably die. Yeah. Um, And and you're like, this is my problem with the code. Being don't kill. It's such a. I think that's making fun of, or at least it's. I think it's knowingly showing how the line is arbitrary and like it's a it's a life. But like she she like has this guy's face blood all over him. Like she punched him half dead. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then we we also have this really interesting note where in the first fight we see Brandon and he's like i guess mismanages it and like goes through a building and um and then his dad's like you're paying for this and then you're mm-hmm. like how do they which i thought was really cool but then he goes to iowa to find george's son with his transport rod um and he just uses his i-beams in the middle of this one <laughs> road the one road thoroughfare. it just blows it up and you're like you gotta fucking fix that asshole <laughs> And it wasn't even like the guy was running, and he has no superpowers. You did need to blow it up. You could have just flown and grabbed him. And 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 that's the thing. It's like, and I hope it was meant to be like, the code is dumb. Hey, Mm. hey, isn't the code Mm. dumb? Mm. Um, Because we can do whatever we want with our powers, so long as isn't killing someone or something. Or it's just like spectacle over Mm. sense, where it's like, surely Utopian wouldn't be so reckless I don't know anyway I I I sort of overtalked what your point there was going to be I don't know if you did cool um yeah so I guess I think we're gonna we could easily spiral right around this I think it's just like the core mechanic if you will like the core thematic thing of this is that tension of the code and the times have changed and there's bits and bobs that sort of indicate how different characters feel and like you said uh Lady Liberty changes her mind throughout. It seems, and she, uh, and then, and and then you get this really interesting thing in the later later half of the season where it's like she's outwardly saying, "Hey, is it right?" And then um, Utopian shuts her down. And oh, absolutely! They, they yeah, this, yeah, yeah. And they have this argument. She's like, "No, I," and she stands up to him. She's like, "No, we don't get to what was it? It was, um." Of all the things we've sacrificed, I won't, or whatever. It's like, I won't sacrifice the truth, Mm -hmm. right? And we need to be able to talk about this. But it also paints this really weird picture of how up until, again, that 80 years of just like, well, he's, I guess, our leader. So he's been saying this and no one's questioned ever, 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 except George, maybe. But we don't know really know what's (laughs) happening with that because the show chose not to flashback to the important time in the past for that parallels this. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It, yeah and it's just really odd um and this is why I guess that scene and a lot of the earlier ones about how this is so much about him really made it made me feel like is this commentary or is this like like toxic masculine boomer fantasy like everything revolves around me Mm. i'm having a crisis of faith because my kid isn't doing the right thing but how do i like and like there are other things going on but it almost always like every episode loops back to it really just matters what's going on in utopian's head and And, um, that's um, super
1: frustrating that it plays out as well with him going to see the um the psychiatrist Who had previously been a supervillain was in Supermax, and he goes to talk to him. He's like, he says something like, "You're the only person who understands, you know what's what's going on." But he, you know, unloads on this guy, and he talks about sort of like, you know, his son and his daughter as well, Chloe, who's not following that sort of like superhero path, and uh, and it 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 definitely we don't see that, we don't get that depth of character for anyone else. Uh, It's it's not kind of. I mean, a little bit with Chloe. I mean, they, they, uh, it is Chloe, isn't it? His daughter. Yeah. Um. They they explore it. I'll try to explore it a little bit. She gets I mean, a little they, bit more kind of screen time. In. She gets
0: screen time, but she doesn't get development. Her arc
1: is still. still I hate my dad. I don't yes. want to be my dad's shadow. Yes, but we get a little bit more of the sort of like the fallout and the consequence. At least more from her, even though they set the the show up like Brandon is the one that did something, and this is the event that kind of makes everyone question it. Brandon's end is pretty much sidelined for most of the oh, show. Yeah. Um, and it's more Chloe that it, it delves into. Um, but yes, you, you you don't get anywhere near that character development for anyone else, apart from yeah. um, Sheldon. And even, and as we said earlier, even in that, the flashback periods, it is, it is Sheldon who we, we follow through, you know, with the occasional uh, um, bit of conflict between say George and, and Walter, or kind of when they're on the boat with Grace sort of talking him down from having the gun and stuff. We get a uh, Tiny little hints uh, at these other characters and, and how they impact on each other, but it's nowhere near um, as developed as I would like it to be. I, I think, again, as we talk about with a lot of the sort of the things that we cover um, on this show, we talked about Justice League and how we'd have liked maybe just an extra forty minutes. You know, if you're gonna make it, if you're gonna make it four hours just to make it 4 hours and 40 and just give us that little bit of extra time. Uh, Mortal Kombat could have done with being split into a better structured sort of thing, giving us more character development uh, to set everything up in the modern age. And I think this show suffers from it as well. It needed just that little bit more time exploring the other characters to allow us to understand why they are taking this kind of stance. Why Why have they hit this point in the future what is the interesting story here uh, yes they're questioning the code yeah but is it but just is, is that it
0: yeah and again that's why i'm frustrated because like those scenes with jack the therapist the 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 man who's in supermax prison in a cell designed like a therapy office mm because it's cinematic. There's a lot of moments where you're like, wait, this doesn't really make sense, except yeah. it's pretty. But anyway, like, Jack, those scenes are very much, uh, like, pushing back against why are we only paying attention to you? He even asks, like, so what, i am a narcissist? And he's like, no, you just, you have a coping mechanism of trying to be the good boy. And this is how you're dealing with it. Like, I yes. thought that was very, like, interesting. But then... It went. That was like an episode. I think the last. It was episode five. The last time we sort of had a therapist section, but that was also the last time anyone pushed back or he had any real development in the rest of the the season. He's being stubborn and being like, you know, no, you don't get to talk back to me, to his wife, where they're clearly not partners because he's the head of the Justice Squad Union. Mm, That's what they're called. Union. And you're like, so, so why, why? Again, there's no progress from the, like, we have the revelation to the character in these therapy sessions, and then he just stops going and no longer talks about it or has any visible change in what he's doing. He's still reprimanding his son all the time, holding him up to a higher standard, um, telling everyone the code matters more, getting mad at people who question it, including all of America. Like, nothing has changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like okay, so you now you've just as like author, you've told me you're aware that this is a bad state, and then you're like eh, like it's it's just a weird dynamic, and I wonder how much of that is like you said like the space of the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it sucks because then you've got one character who's getting development, but no arc.
1: Mm, and and you'd think with the TV show you'd have a little bit more time. To explore as well, wouldn't you? I don't know. Again, not knowing the comics, I don't know whether uh, uh, season one follows, say, volume one or or a trade book. Um, you know, uh, or what episodes it kind of goes through. Um, but you'd think, what uh, were they? How long were the episodes? And there's about ten of them, I think, maybe eight. Eight. eight.
0: Yeah. That's, what the, that's, that's the thing. it eight, if it was ten, we'd. Okay. But maybe it's just not the point. Like, if the point isn't developing all these characters, because it's not in in, in the end, if it, it's not an ensemble piece, then I think it's missed the mark because it's moving towards that development. Like, Kobe's a great example, as you said. She she has baggage about her parents, and she's like kind of working through it with like her relationship with Power Rods, Georgia's son. God, oh, the oh, names are really uh... hard to track. Because some of these people are just known as, like, kid. Kid of person. Yes. Um, But, yeah, like, the son of the greatest supervillain and, and the daughter of the greatest hero. Like, they even say that line. And it's like, they're developing a thing, and you cle- clearly part of it is they're bonding because they are this first generation of mm. born to this group of crazy people, right? Hutch is his name. Hutch, yeah. Um, But not a lot comes out of it, and it still feels like she's being hedonistic. She's just found someone... Who kind of understands that? So there's a hint at like, you get why they're why they're they're just like cocooning in his flat and boning down a bunch with each other because they they have a, a shared history in like mm-hmm. in that way. And then it's like, well, maybe more will happen in season two.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's there's lots of stuff that's kind of unexplored, right? I, I there was a uh, a moment. When they it flashed back and they had their powers and they all came into a room to sort of sit around a table and um one of the guys the guy they found who was at sea Richard or something I, yeah uh, yeah I think uh, has that rod that Hutch yeah. then has but then I'm pretty sure we're told that it was uh, was George's. Rod, and he gave it to, or, or Hutch inherited it from him. So at some point there is a, a transfer of that, um, of that item, right? Again, an important part, it, yeah, yeah, an important understanding of how he got that, or why George has that. We not, it doesn't explore those extra kind of bits, even, even as a, uh, you know, as, as just an off comment or, or, or something, just to give us a little bit. And I wonder again if we then have a similar structure for season two, that it does tell this modern story, but does flash back again. And that starts to fill out more of the details about why George becomes a villain and and you know how that dynamic has changed. Uh, but it's something we just needed more of in season one. For me to watch season two, I just needed a bit more of that without me going ah hopefully we'll get to that at some point
0: yeah exactly i think yeah it's just this, this like predicted sequel holding back holding back for a predicted sequel is just not great you need to stand on your own two feet um and yeah so like i'd like some intrigue like i like the idea that like blue bolt or richard um mm. is a character we meet briefly in the flashbacks he's clearly an original union member, but then there's a gap and we don't know what happened. All we know is he had the power rod and now Hutch has it and and George, who left the union on bad terms, to say the least, um, you know, is that uh, was the one who gave it to him. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of questions here. And I don't mind that if we mm-hmm. had other things going on. right? But like George's character is only in the past really, and most of it is you're a spoiled womanizing rich kid who lost his parents. Yes, but yeah, is very exceedingly rich and then isn't anymore mm-hmm. in, in a flash. but also kind of is like I guess one of the problems is like they see they, they put a lot of work into making these people rich and then the stock market ruining things, but then also not really the board had made us sell the plants for pennies on the dollars, but also you still have a Rolls Royce. You're driving to a worker's neighborhood. (laughs) Um, and you can, you can afford to pay six month wages up front and you can charter a boat. And it's like, okay, you are functionally rich Mm -hmm. in this show. So I get there's degrees of richness, but it feels really weird. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's just it's just a little too clunky, I think, for how far we've come. Especially like we have things like I haven't seen Invincible yet, but I've heard really good things mm. about its gray area stuff. Yeah, The Boys obviously comes to mind as far as gray area superheroes. Like we, this doesn't quite cut the mustard in the modern landscape. I think is the problem. I agree,
1: and I I think The Boys is a is a great kind of example to bring up because The Boys isn't. Just an ensemble piece. It's two ensemble shows. It, you've got the guys without any powers, and it delves into their characters and does so very well. And then you've got the superheroes, the people with powers, and it delves into that side of things very well, and the the, the very fraught and insane relationships that that they have around that. And yes, there is a little bit of saying, well, actually, The Boys is is a lot of Homelander but it's a lot of Huey and and, and Butcher as well uh, and it doesn't really make you focus too much on one character it it kind of puts them on a pedestal to sort of say that yes this is the most powerful character and a lot of the interesting and important points that happen in the story do involve that character but there's so much more going on with a lot of the other characters in the boys um and i i, I really like the boys um I think it it just it did that very, very well and explored all of those characters very well whilst being a much more action-packed kind of show. You know, uh, th- there was a lot going on. And maybe, maybe the episodes were a bit longer, gave us a little bit, and the, the series was maybe a little bit longer as well. So it had a, a bit more screen time to sort of play with than Jupiter's Legacy has elected to give itself. Um, you know, there's no reason why, apart from maybe budgetary constraints, that they went let's make it eight episodes rather than 12 and we could have had an extra hour and a half or 2 hours or whatever however long the episodes are of uh, uh getting into character development and things like that uh, and i think currently if you know I, I have absolutely no question that if someone turned around and said well you know you can pay for netflix and you can watch season 2 of jupiter's legacy or you can only play for amazon um whatever amazon thing is prime prime, prime video um, and and only watch the boys I would I would give Amazon my money. I don't want to give Amazon my money, but yeah. I'd give Amazon my money. Yeah. Um it, it just the boys does so much more and I think it's it's a similar kind of show really to try and show and it wants to show those gray areas. It wants to show those relationships between people. It just does it much more successfully ah. than Jupiter's Legacy does.
0: But that's because it's doing a thing about relationships yes. between people, not one, one man being having the world on his shoulders because he refuses to let it not be the case. <laughs> yeah. Which is, an, again, an interesting thing. Like, I'm not trying to say, oh, I don't like that it's a big, it's, an, it's a rich white dude from the 30s and he's got all the power and when things don't go his way, that sucks. And I just don't care about that story because it's boring. I'm saying, if you're being that story, you have to be that story. Mm. And it feels like a lot of the markers of this thing is ensemble or or at least using him as a focal point for a bigger conversation but he's too much the he's like the focus is entirely on him such that most characters come off as ripples of of sheldon his wife pushing back in him is like the first time she has any sort of agency and it's really just to make him feel like he's losing his grip on things Mm -hmm. not that his wife this fully fledged character is like We got to talk like that's what it feels like because for the basically she was like like she's a neutered Lois Lane character. She starts Mm. with like being an antagonist to him but really just a foil for him understanding that his dad wasn't good and then immediately stops being this brash brash brassy person. The rest of the 30s she's kind of in the background except for doing some like poking around and then she's like. Sheldon, things are weird. Like, like all of that, like pushiness. Even when she, like, she finds the drawings and she gets caught, and he's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "What is this? I'm gonna try and hide it." That's like a demure, deference character. When really, it's like we're on a boat in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you're drawing crazy pictures of your dad. I'm the brash, bassy reporter who survived that bullpen such that even when i lost my job i was yelling at people and pouring out coffee because it's my fucking cup and Mm. that's the person i want to see and she's already lost all of those traits in the 30s but by the time we fast forward 80 years she's just like a listen to your father Mm. like flat generic wifey character and it's like why it's again giving me this interesting introduction to her and then having not not even in like the weeks following holding keeping it up just makes me disappointed if she was just a demure character we never saw her past i would actually honor honestly like it better but they're giving us this hints of a development like of more dimensions (laughs) and they're not doing it um and yeah it's just really frustrating that way um which makes me like i think having been binged it as well i think it would be much better if i watched this like every couple like once a week mm, because i wouldn't okay. be noticing like episode on episode it's like oh yes here are exactly all the ways these people only matter because of sheldon <laughs> right because once you pick up on it if you're just like oh that sucked that just whole episode was so sheldon oriented yeah. you go your next episode and you're like okay so how is this sheldon oriented which i get is like a little confirmation biasy. Which I think it was kind of confirmed in a ways, but I think it would have been easier to see some of the other things working, even if they were a bit clunky, instead of being like, nah. Yeah, like, Like Brainwave, like the the big heel turn, which you can get immediately in episode one that something's like Walt's introduction is, oh yeah, it's the older brother with the beard, and he's kind of like, likes his wine, and he's a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they did a good job of waiting long enough for the heel turn that I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was going to be the bad guy. Like, I had a moment, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, right, that was definitely going to happen at one point. Like, I, like, at no point did it totally dissuade me of it. I just kind of forgot that that was the read I had. And then as soon as it started, like, seconds before it was was about to happen, like, right, cool. I get what you're doing again. But I think that's good, right? That's kind of playing with the tropes. But why? Do you know why Walt heel turned?
1: I can't remember hmm I can't remember. But uh, things have
0: stagnated under Sheldon and we need to change control.
1: Was that is that it? Is that really it?
0: That's what his speech was, kinda. Mm. But also what I did like was there were hints at um him being involved with the George incident of previous decades. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, ah, interesting. So is this like the long con? But also, why would you wait an extra 20 years? So again, but
1: again, again, where is that development? <laughs> and
0: why do I have to wait till? Why? I have a certain number of years on the planet, and it's less than the Utopian because I don't have superpowers. I'm going to waste my fucking time on the potential of this being good in season two. Like, like, build intrigue, but don't withhold yes like that heel turn is unjustified in what we've seen Mm -hmm. it's just what the character had to do and i feel like a lot of the moves in this thing is like plot directs this to happen rather than i get the feeling of this person would do this like it feels very much last couple seasons of game of thrones rather than first couple Mm. seasons Mm. right character driven drama that takes you in weird ways versus plot-driven drama that needs to take the characters that way. And I feel like so much of TV has been trying to be the former. Um, And this presents itself like it's doing that. Yes. A lot of characters get a lot of screen time over the eight episodes. But again, like we were saying, they don't move that far in that screen time. Mm. Um, Yeah, so... um, I think we kind of danced around the but basically if everyone's cardboard definitely the people of color and the uh, women are cardboard I think it's it's it I need to bring it up just because like not only is the wife of foil and Chloe is in his sh- shadow uh she's every other female character who's not in that like nuclear family is cardboard yes and like the one and it's a lot of is just reflecting the previous, like almost all the kids. To be fair, it's also almost all the kids are just reflections on of their but parents. parents are,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah. So,
0: so it might not just be you know patriarchal. It might just be. This is why I think it. If you, this is what makes me feel like it's boomer fantasy. If that yeah, makes sense.
1: I, I think it's, it's something to do with a lot of the time the the kids inherit the power, don't they? It's not that they inherit being a super powered person. They actually inherit the power of mm. their parent. So they are kind of you know i know brandon goes by paragon but he is like utopian too isn't he um yeah he doesn't and,
0: quite have yeah they even make a line of like i can't shoot eye beams under my head and he's like yet his dad says yeah right? yes
1: yeah and and um i didn't realize but um fits um who is the flare because of the, mm. the the bright energy the guy who is for mo- well for, for all of the modern part in a wheelchair uh, and is the sciencey guy, the science guy, yeah. because it tells us in the 30s he likes to read. So of course he's the science guy. Um, yeah,
0: the guy who likes to read in the 30s as a black man who works in a mill has access to so many historical books that he can on site be like Maori, yep, Viking, yep, detergent in an engine. I'm like, yeah, well you know what, it's a trope. I'll, I'll let it go because at least it I, it could be way worse as a character. So I'd rather him be like an uh, like a a Mary Sue type intelligent character then 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 not I guess like there's there's worse things that can happen but it does feel kind of silly yeah
1: well so uh petra his daughter mm. who is the, who is the one who comes to brandon actually and says that she's been uh, um you know questioning these kinds of things which gives brandon that kind of little bit of a a, a turn to think, actually, no, I I will kind of extol the virtues of the code that we have been given from my father to you, and maybe that's it. Changing my mind, maybe. Mm. But she's mm. just called Flare Two, like T O O. No, no,
0: Flare I I. Uh, yeah, I know. I just it could also be Flare as well. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the Flare Two. <laughs> no, no, the Flare yeah. Two uh so it, again just I suppose hammering in that that these kids that that next generation do inherit the powers of their parents um and who I mean again who knows how long these people will kind of live but it's just passing on but there's a lot of next generation people right for the five of them just getting powers on the island
0: yeah, so this is what i there's a lot so there's a lot of
1: next generation. Kids with,
0: but so I think this is where the world building kind of falls apart because also where do the supervillains come from with their powers?
1: So that's the again I I questioned this during it and whether um you know when they were on the island and it it blasts out and all of the guys on the the boat hit whether Mm. that maybe they don't get powers but then their children have power or children they have after they've been hit by that that shockwave then get powers so yeah i didn't pick up on that i don't know whether it was explored or, or mentioned at all uh, i think it's the show. supposed to be mysterious
0: like I, I feel like they realized hey if we do this parallel structure we need it to last through more than one season otherwise it doesn't make sense so we can't do what like they overcorrected for the idea that of like the worry of what will we do when we run out of the 30s timeline how do we continue if this is the structure of our show mm. and rather than being like we'll move to the 50s and like just slowly like you know there's enough 80 years is enough time where you can be like one year of the real world is like a decade coverage or what like you can just move to a different part and make you make up new things or whatever yeah. i feel like they just overcorrected and so just are holding so much back so that they, they can still spoon it out mm. mm-hmm. spool it out i mean um but yeah i mean it's it's tough it's it's close to what i was hoping it would be i guess is the thing it's just the ways it's not are specifically the things i don't like about this type of um commentary i guess right it's it's too stapled into one specific perspective while acknowledging other perspectives exist (laughs) when it's like okay if this was mindless I could forgive it and more easily watch it as, okay, I'm not thinking about its social commentary because it's, like, biased or whatever. And this is like, oh, I really want to play in this sphere, but I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm not spending the time to do it. I think that's where my frustration really really boils down to. Yeah. Um, One thing I do want to, well, in the last few minutes is, I have a genuine point of confusion okay. on what happened in the end. Um, so we find out that... The clone of Blackstar was secretly made uh, by Brainwave, Walter, uh, and he set up, he planted things to make it look like George did it, Mm -hmm. right? And then we're like, uh, and then he shows, you know, and so before we find that out, he's like going into Blackstar's clone's mind with the help of his daughter, and He is struggling and almost dying, and then he finds a a pocket of time or something, this weird little dimensional space where George is, and they fight, but then Lady Liberty comes and rescues him, and that's why he doesn't die to George. And then they escape, and then he says, he shows her George's message, which is George smoking a cigarette over Paragon and Utopia and being dead, and she's like, oh, no, George wants to kill my family. And you're like... But then you, after that, you find out, oh, he's secretly behind all this. So then, I get him showing Lady Liberty that vision. Be like, well, I got a message from George because secretly I'm the one behind this, and I'm trying to drive Utopian and Paragon apart. And part of that must is like, hey, they're in trouble or something. Sharing this vision, right? That makes it seem like George's do it is behind all this. I get that. But every other part of that plan makes no sense to me. So, you're going into a dangerous situation where you might die in this clone's brain... To find out a thing you know, I get keeping up appearances, maybe you could always leave, but then I don't actually understand... Was it that he made up a fake George and situation? Because one it's, of the things that sucks is like every in all the visions he's like he he makes a point of being like in this area I'm God because it's the psychic realm. He said that before. He's like maneuvers all these people and then fighting George. It's like I'm being punched and etc. And it looks very performative. It doesn't match. Like he doesn't need to fucking punch anyone in that. Yeah, yeah, realm. sure. Like, that's the yeah. whole point. So then I think oh he's putting on an act. And once we find out he's the heel, right? But then the act is for Lady Liberty. But we he had no. There's no guarantee that she comes in to catch him in this space. So I think,
1: uh, yeah, I think part of that, because his daughter, who they bring mm. in, because they... Because, oh, is watching, he's, maybe? is watching. So I, I wonder whether part of that is performative to try and stop her from figuring it out, even though she does figure it out. Um, yeah, and then it kills her because it has to be extreme. Um, but, yeah, I, I, there's there's comments mentioned that she's more powerful than he is within that kind of within that realm so whether he tried to make it a bit more performative for her part to stop her from figuring it out but then yeah. she was powerful enough to to figure it out or to see through kind of the ruse uh, he, again another thing that is kind of unexplained and almost just feels like it's thrown in because there weren't any other action scenes going on for a little while, so throw something yeah. in that, you know, we needed to, they needed to give George, not George, but they needed to give Sky Fox a little bit of screen time, and maybe this was the best way they could think of for yeah, doing so, it. Yeah,
0: so I guess, like, it makes sense when you watch it forwards, right? Because at the, at the time that fight scene happens, you don't know about the heel turn. Mm. And so it's like, yes, and then you see Lady Liberty witnessing it, and then if you just think, oh, right... This was all – like he's trying to put on a ruse to trick people into thinking George did it. That's sort of like like the thing that his daughter explains, right? We get that exposition via her confronting him Mm -hmm. uh, and asking for $50 million, right? And so that all makes sense, and you can recognize it. But again, it's like when you think back about – there was no guarantee Lady Liberty would come in. Yes. So then who is this struggle for? That's that's why I feel – it feels – Again, like you said, if there was a little more explanation, almost, like there's just there's something missing that, that makes it feel like it's loose writing rather than clever scheming, because the clever scheming doesn't like it's like, oh, I was a clever scream. Thanks, screenplay. And then you think back about it. I'm like, well, that clever scre- scheme is so tangential on success. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, this feels like loose writing that you just like wrote the scene and just said, look, he was doing it for Lady Liberty but then he couldn't have known. And Mm -hmm. like, that's the type of thing that when this type of thing is happening throughout the show, these sort of shortcuts, um, like a good example that really, uh, when I was thinking about, Oh, when is like, they were surprised they had visitors, the, um, Flair and his dad. They're like, they walk in and suddenly they see, uh, Sheldon and George in the kitchen and they're, they're shocked. They're like, what are you doing here? Oh, my God. They had just come home. And then we they kick them out of the house later, and you see them leave the house, and there's a fucking Rolls-Royce parked in front of the, the house. <laughs> yes. And you're like, they're, as if they didn't see a Rolls-Royce when they came in and said, like, someone with a Rolls-Royce, it looks like my old boss's car. But even if it, I didn't know it was my old boss, it's like, some rich dude is in our neighborhood parked in front of my house. And then they open the door, and they'd be like, why'd you, like, what are you doing here? Like, it... It, that's what I mean about like the it doesn't make sense. And when you notice that in a couple other places, then this really big pivotal thing, I'm gonna default to. I don't think you've thought this through. Yep. I think this is loose writing because I've seen it in other places. Versus, like you said, an interpretation I hadn't considered was it was performative for for the daughter. But because there's, it's just too patchy. It can easily. It just comes off as eh, you Ooh, probably won't notice that completely. this doesn't line up. Yeah, completely.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, any last thoughts? No, I think we've we've delved into you know a reasonable amount of uh, of the shows. Lots of characters we kind of haven't talked about, but talked around the idea that they didn't really have much to do uh, or weren't developed very well. So I, I think I think it needs a lot of work. I think for season season two, uh, um, you know, for me to say this is something I would continue with, I'd give season two at least the first episode the benefit of the doubt. Uh, And and be interested in seeing, you know, um, Walter and how that kind of plays out within that first episode. But that first episode really needs to capture me for me to put any more time into the rest of the season and any forthcoming season after Mm. that as well. Um, I believe it's quite a long running comic. Comic? I think it's still going, right? I just don't, don't know. I didn't look into it. I wanted to kind of see it pretty fresh.
0: Um, I think I'm a little harsher than you. Uh, I think there's enough stuff um, that I'd be okay with this being like, ah, I get a notion of Jupiter's legacy and sit on it. Um, My line would be hearing from people. So, like, you watch the first episode and you're like, ah, this is good. I'm going to watch episode two. That'll make me watch episode one. Mm. Hearing good. Like, I'm not going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to wait for people to say, you know this is worth it like so i'm a little i'm a little more i think less i'm a little more less enthused that makes sense but sounds really weird <laughs> um yeah i'm a little uh more hesitant to just keep this up yep um just cuz it just didn't hit me the right way and that like i'm a, pff, not a stickler for bad writing but when the thematic stuff is eh, like waffling between either something i'm i might enjoy or something that i think is a letdown and then the rest is kind of meh i'm not gonna like get out of bed for something else yeah uh, yeah. along the same lines until i hear that they've maybe patched those things or made it clear that the balance is in the way that i was hoping rather than fearing yeah that makes sense um yeah uh cool well i think that does us for the week Mm -hmm. uh uh so um thanks for tuning in folks uh, as always, you can find uh, this and other things at outoflives.net with uh, Vod's other podcasts, articles, videos, etc., reviews, lots of games, pop culture stuff. Um, you can, if you have comments on Jupiter's Legacy, please reach out. Uh, you can uh, email us at podcast at outoflives.net, uh, uh, at outoflivesnet on Twitter, um, Ben at Novascore. Nova score under. Nova <laughs> underscore 47. Uh, me, Adil, at the OmniArc. Um, yeah, that, that's basically it. Like, follow, subscribe, sh- share with friends. Uh, but yeah, please get in touch. Tell us why you think we missed some things on Jupiter's Legacy or why we were too easy on it, as Ooh. the case may be. Mm. Um, yeah, that's just us for another week. I've been Adil. I've been Ben. Bye. See ya. Thanks
1: www.outoflives.net